Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. In the name of Jesus, one more time, can we just let our faith arise? Can we just let our faith arise in this place? Begin to lift your voices. Begin to raise your hands. Begin to clap your hands. Begin to shout with praise. Begin to shout with victory. Because the Lord is in this place. And He is doing a miraculous work. He is doing only what He could do. Can we give God a hand clap of praise in the name of Jesus? Amen. As you return to your seats. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, if you are praying, I... I encourage you to keep going if you if you feel like you are getting what, what God has for you. But I have to I have to speak my heart for a second. That I have been in prayer for this day. And I have been feeling and seeking after the Lord. And every time that I begin to feel like uh, the Lord has given me a direction. It is cemented by something. I tell you, and I feel it cementing in the Holy Ghost. I tell you, that what was happening in this worship service, there's about to be an outpouring of more than what we just experienced. And can I get an amen on that? That there's going to be more. That God doesn't. That that was just a sample size of what God has in store for us today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. It's good to be where the Spirit of the Lord is, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you look at your neighbor? And give your neighbor a high five and tell them, welcome home. Hallelujah. Welcome home. If today is your very first Sunday here at Living Hope, we say, welcome home. And we say that for a reason. We say that because here at Living Hope, we are a family. Amen. I said, we are a family. Amen. Amen. And we have a little saying here at Living Hope, if this is your first time. The saying goes, uh, maybe we could all say it together. We are a strong, or we are a family, I don't know it. 
is that we are a family or a strong family. I hear a hundred different things. We are a family of strong believers that exists to build strong families. Amen. 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 I would like to greet you all on behalf of Pastor and Sister Valerie again. I know Brother Trey already did. They wanted me to uh, inform everybody that they actually decided to stay in Hawaii. They wanted us to know that they love us, but it's just a little too nice for them to come back. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But in reality, if, if this is your first time at Living Hope, let me tell you that we are really blessed with the leadership of Pastor and Sister State. Amen. Amen. I am incredibly thankful for our pastor and first lady, and I'm glad that they are enjoying this time of rest and relaxation in Hawaii for their 25th anniversary, and I look forward to them being back with us next Sunday. Amen. And hearing Pastor preach. One of the greatest to ever do it. I would also like to thank him for uh, trusting me with this op opportunity to speak to you all, all today. I never take an opportunity to step, step behind this sacred desk lightly, but uh, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming to stand in his, in his place, and I'm just grateful for the man of God. Amen. If you all have your Bibles... Would you turn with me to the book of Matthew? And as you're turning, I want to say happy Memorial Day weekend. It looks like that you guys were just the ones that didn't get the memo, that it was vacation time. But I'm glad you all are here. Um, you know, uh, if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Matthew? We are going to the 8th chapter. And we are going to start... On verse number five, and I also want to let you know that I am aware that it is Memorial Day weekend, and you guys are probably wanting to get to a barbecue or a cookout or go to Mission Barbecue or whatever it would be that your plans are to uh, of rest and relaxation this relaxation this weekend. But I know it. You know me. I'm not going to go very long, anyways. But uh, I truly believe that that God has something special in store for today. Amen. And, uh, and if you would allow me, we are just going to seek after the Holy Ghost today because I believe, I truly believe that I've, what I feel in my, in my spirit, what I feel in the Holy Ghost is that God is just showing us a, a, a portion of what's in store for today. That there is something that's really special about to happen in the Holy Ghost today and living hope. Amen. That by the word... By the word today that we are going to grow and we are going to receive all that God has for us. Amen. 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 Matthew chapter 8 verse 5 says, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come, and I will heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou should come under my roof. 
but speak the word. Hallelujah. Everybody say, speak the word. And my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth. And to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. And verse 10 says, And when Jesus heard it, he marveled. Everybody say, he marveled. Say it like, he marveled. Say it, marveled. There we go, now we're in it. And he said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, that I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And if we could just skip down to verse number 13. It says, And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so it be done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. Amen. And what I want to really focus on before, before we're seated, what I really want to focus on is when Jesus heard it, he marveled. When Jesus heard the words of the centurion, when he heard the faith from the centurion, Jesus marveled. He was astonished. He was taken aback. He was blown away by the words of the centurion. Jesus marveled. Hallelujah. And by the leading and the guiding of the Holy Ghost, I would like to just speak to you all today about what made Jesus marvel. Amen. Now before you're seated, if we could just one more time seek after the Lord for the remainder of this service. In Jesus' name. God, I pray, Lord, that you would have your way today. God, that you would use me, God, as a vessel for your spirit to flow through. God, for your glory, I pray. Lord, that your spirit would lead us and guide us today. God, I pray that your word would go forth on fertile ground. God, that it would not fall on deaf ears, Jesus. God, but I pray your word would go on full hearts, God, open hearts. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. See, if you were to look at the original Greek writing of this passage of Scripture, you would see the very word marvel in the Greek is thaumazo, which means to be astonished. Or it means to be taken aback or brought to wonder. And if you were to look at, uh, throughout the scripture, especially throughout the New Testament, you would see that the word marvel is used usually in its reference to the crowd's response, to the miracles of what Jesus was performing. In fact, if we were to look at the same exact chapter of our title scripture in Matthew 8, verses 24 through 27, it says, And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, 
insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. We perish. Verse 26, he, and he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds, and he rebuked the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this that the wind and the sea may obey him? Then again, just one chapter later, in Matthew chapter 9, verses 32 and 33, it says in verse 32, As they went out, behold, they brought to him a dumb man, a dumb man possessed with a devil. And when was cast out, the dumb spake, and the multitudes Marveled, saying, it was never so in Israel. It's never so seen in Israel. And if we look later on in the book of Matthew at the chapter 21, verses 18 to 20, it says, Now in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing Thereon, but leaves only. And he said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away, and when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is this fig tree withered away? See, there is numerous times in Scripture where people marveled at Jesus, when, when they would stand in awestruck with wonder, when everything that was thought to be one way was challenged. There was not supposed to be anything that you could do in a storm, but now with their eyes open and their ears to hear, they can see that the one true God, that is Jesus Christ, call out to the winds and speak to the seas, and they would obey him. Hallelujah. See, it makes sense that they would stand in amazement when someone that was bound and they were dumb by spirits, when they are set free. It would stand to be amazing if you saw someone that did not have the ability to speak, but by the setting free of Jesus Christ, they began to speak. That would be something to marvel at. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I felt this story just in my head. You know, that, that, that's a pretty amazing thing to see somebody who's never been able to speak before. And now that's not something that, that everybody has seen before. But I am lucky enough that whenever I was about 14 years old, there was a man that went to my church. This man was born deaf. He never spoke a word. He never heard English or anything like that. But I saw that man go down to an altar. And I saw him raise his hands. And I saw him begin to speak. He began to call on the name of Jesus. He began to cry out. Hallelujah. I was amazed then. I began to praise then because I saw a marvelous act. 
See, it makes sense. It makes sense that the multitude would begin to marvel at the overwhelming and the abundant power of Jesus Christ. See, it would make sense that when they witnessed Jesus speak to the fig tree and immediately it would wither up, that they would marvel at the power of his words. In fact, I would say that the most marvelous thing about Jesus is that he continues to amaze us. Let me say it again. The most amazing and the marvelous thing that I could ever see is that every day God can astonish me. That he can challenge the way that I see things. That he can challenge the way that I do things by the Holy Ghost. The marvelous work of Jesus. That's what they were witnessing. They were standing there all struck in amazement at the marvelous working of Jesus Christ. Amen. See, it is one thing though for us to be marveled at Jesus. For us to marvel at Jesus. That is one thing. That makes sense for us to stand in amazement of Jesus Christ. That makes sense for us to stand in amazement at the wonder working of Jesus Christ. It makes sense for us to stand and when we see miracles, when we stand or we see signs, when we see wonders, that we are amazed by Jesus Christ. But it is a completely different thing when the Lord is marveled at us Hallelujah. it is a completely different thing whenever Jesus marvels it is a completely different thing when Jesus marvels see it is a completely different thing whenever we marvel it makes sense but whenever Jesus marvels We should marvel. We should be blown away. We should be astonished when Jesus Christ comes into a service like he did in this worship and people are being touched by the Holy Ghost. We should stand in amazement, declaring thanks be to God. Hallelujah. But it is something completely different. Something Absolutely different when Jesus marvels. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And in the text today, we get to see one of the rare times that Jesus, that Jesus, the Alpha and the Omega, the one true God, would marvel. It is a rare thing that we see Jesus marvel at something we could do. That he would marvel. That he would be awestruck. That he would be surprised. That he would be a little astounded by something we could do. To better understand the context of this story, I think we first need to take a look at the centurion. Starting with the fact that he is... A centurion. He was a Gentile. He was not of Jewish descent. He was a Roman officer and he was responsible for about a hundred men. And these men and this man, they would keep the peace in Capernaum. 
And they would help the tax collectors, like Matthew, to collect the taxes of the Jews. See, what we need to understand that Jews and Gentiles in this time period did not fellowship. They were not friendly. They were not on good terms. There was a general disdain and hatred for any Gentile from the Jewish perspective. And often, often whenever they would look at the Gentiles, they would label them as unclean or sinful. But there was something different about this centurion. I know by the end of this sermon, I'm going to say centaur. I'm about to say it every time. I figured I'd just get it out, and then I don't mess up and say it. This particular centurion was kind to Jewish people. See, if you were to read in Luke, Luke's perspective of this same story, it occurs in Luke chapter 7. We see that the Jewish leaders are speaking to Jesus on behalf of of the centurion, and they tell Jesus, and they tell Jesus that this man was worthy of a miracle, hallelujah, because he loves our nation, and he built us a synagogue. See, this story sheds a light on the centurion's character, that this centurion had what could be considered for the time as an unusual character considering his position. Especially with the knowledge that under Roman law, under Roman law, this man, this centurion guard, had a right and was even expected to kill his slave if the slave was injured or sick and not able to complete his duties. 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 Yeah. <laughs> But we see in Matthew chapter 8, verse number 5, that this man, amen, that this Gentile, that this centurion came to Jesus, that the King James Version says beseeching, but some other translations will say that this man came pleading with Jesus. He came begging Jesus. See, the centurion seeks a cure, but he does not prescribe to Jesus. How? He comes seeking a cure, but he does not come seeking a how. He does not ask Jesus where he shall work it. In fact, he doesn't even put in his request, but instead the centurion pleads the case, the case and lets his sorrows speak. His servant is sick. He is in pain, and he goes out of his way for his servant to get help because he had a need. And he realized that his position didn't matter whenever he was in the presence of a miracle worker. He made up in his mind that I have a need. It doesn't matter my position. It doesn't matter what I am. But I have to get to the one that heals. That I have a need and I have to get to the one that can help. Hallelujah. I wish somebody would hear me today. There was a desperation in that centurion. There was something that he had made up in him. That I don't care what the social etiquette is. I don't care what, what the norm is. I'm going outside the norm because I have a need and I need Jesus to work in it. Hallelujah. See, this would be a humbling thing, this man. 
this would be a humbling thing. See, this lowering of one's status. See, in this time period, his role, his position, and Jesus as a Jew, this Roman centurion, his position alone puts him above Jesus. That he doesn't, he shouldn't even, it shouldn't even be a, cross in, a thought cross his mind that some Jew would help him. Uh, that he is so far above it. But there is something about the lowering of his status. The lowering of one status. See, this lowering of one position, this isn't lost on Jesus. Let me tell you that the humbling of yourself in the name of Jesus, saying that, Jesus, I have a need. God, I know that I'm supposed to look like I've got it all together. That I'm supposed to look that I know what I'm doing, but I don't care. God, I have a need. God, I have a need. God, I have a need. God, I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be handsome. I'm supposed to be dignified. I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be the one in charge here. I'm supposed to be the one calling the shots. I'm supposed to be the one in control. But there is something that happens whenever we humble ourselves. Amen. There is something that happens whenever we say, God, I need you. God, I know that I'm supposed to look like this, but Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, my need supersedes my pride. Hallelujah. God, that my, my need outweighs what society tells me is the appropriate way that I should be responding. See, you need to understand something. Everything about worshiping the Lord goes against our existence in society. That all the society norms, they don't coexist with worshiping the Lord. But the world would never be able to understand that when you have a need... Just, uh, it, I just want, I just, I I feel so strong in the Holy Ghost. I feel so strong in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah, that there is something about to happen in this service. I just want to prepare you right now that there is going to be something happening in this service whenever we change from existing in the society and changing to I have a desperation for the things of God, that I have a desperation for a healing, that I have a desperation. That I have something in me that says I don't care, that I need Jesus. That my body hurts, that my body hurts, but I need Jesus more. That my body hurts, I don't care how you look at me, I need Jesus. I wish somebody would grab a hold of Jesus today. I wish somebody would grab a hold of Jesus today. There is a need. I've got a need, and I've got to get to him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. See, everything about worshiping the Lord goes against existing or, or, or existing societal norms. But the world would never be able to understand that when you have a need, that when you have a need that's bigger than you, that when you, the only thing you can do is cry out to Jesus, that the only thing you can do is kneel down in an altar, when the only thing you can do is get to a place where you can be the most humble and the most weakest and the most vulnerable. And you can put your trust in Jesus. Hallelujah. 
I saw a lot of hands lifted earlier with needs. Let me speak something in faith. If you get desperate for the Lord, if you get desperate for Jesus, those pains, they don't have to sustain. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me tell you something, that there was a desperation in this man. See, he didn't come week after week, month after month, day after day, carrying the weights and the burdens of this world. But he came. He came with a purpose. He came because he knew. He knew that if I get to Jesus, if I get to him, everything will change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So we look now in verse number six. See, we see the plea of the centurion. In verse number six, we see the plea of the centurion. But in verse number seven, we see the response of Jesus. Jesus said, I will come. And Jesus said that I will heal him. He said, I will come. And he said, I will heal him. See, Jesus was saying that he will go into the Gentiles' home, a home of someone who isn't religious, a home of someone who doesn't have it all together, of someone who doesn't live the perfect life. He's saying that I will step into your situation. But he doesn't stop there. He says that I will heal him. He doesn't say that I will just pray a little bit or I'll I'll sit with him. He says that I will heal him. He said that I will heal him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But why? Why? Putting the cart in front of the horse, man. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Why would Jesus do this? For a Gentile, no less. Why? Because he was invited. See, the situation changed because the Lord was invited into it. Too many times, see, we come to church carrying the same burdens and the same problems and the same ailments. We go week by week carrying all these things, the weight of the world on our shoulders, trying to just get by. But you need to know something, that Jesus doesn't care if you have it all together. Jesus is just looking for an invitation. Jesus is looking for an invitation into your life. Jesus is looking for an invitation into your problems. Jesus wants to break the oath. And he wants to lift the heavy burden. But he is waiting on an invitation from you to step in. Amen. If you invite him, he will come. If you invite him, he will come. If you invite him, he will heal. If you invite him, he will change. If you invite him, he will set free. If you invite him, he will deliver. If you invite him, he will restore. If you invite him, he will make new. He will clean up the mess of your guilt and your shame. Hallelujah. If you invite him, if you invite him, he will do a marvelous work. But it doesn't stop there. The scripture goes on. The scripture goes on. We see this Roman commander who should have seen himself over or looked down on Jesus as a Jew. See, we see him humbly tell Jesus, God, that I am not worthy. 
I am not even worthy for you to step into my house. I am so far beneath you. You shouldn't even be communicating with me. But he then tells Jesus, simply speak the word. Simply speak the word. See, speak the word only. Speak the word only and my servant will be healed. See, all it takes for you, Jesus, is to speak the word. And the centurion, to further humble himself, to further humble himself even more and to establish his belief in Jesus even more. He tells Jesus, he tells Jesus that he is a man of physical authority. He says that that he has authority over man and that if he speaks the word to his soldiers, he tells them, go there, they go there. He tells them, come here, they come here. He tells them, jump, they say, how high? He tells them, sit down, they say, how low? But he says that if he speaks the words to his his soldiers, they must obey because of his authority. But when the centurion says this, he is telling Jesus that Jesus Christ's authority supersedes that of the physical authority. See, he's admitting that Jesus has an authority over the physical and over the supernatural. See, he is telling him, he is admitting to Jesus that he has an authority over disease, that Jesus has a dominion over every single sickness, that he tells Jesus that all you have to do is simply speak the word and due to the authority of your name and due to the authority of who you are, every disease must follow his orders. And that is what makes Jesus marvel. Hallelujah. That is what makes Jesus marvel. That is what made Jesus marvel. Whenever he came humbly and turned it over to the authority. That he came lowly and handed it over to the one in control. That he came humbly and alleviated his control to the control of the one true king. Hallelujah. And that right there is what made Jesus marvel. That is what caused Jesus to say that I've never seen a faith as great as this. Hallelujah. When the centurion humbled himself and gave full authority to Jesus Christ the man, and Jesus Christ God manifested in faith, he, became, he came to him in desperation. He came to him. In humility, and he gave God the authority to speak into his situation. Amen. See, if you have a need, I need you to realize that the answer is in Jesus. See, I think, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you came today and you have a sickness in your body, let me tell you, there, there's, a, there's an answer in Jesus. That the answer is in Jesus. That the answer is in faith. Faith in not in who you are, but faith in who Jesus is. That says that although everything around me, everything around me may be falling apart, but still, I will trust in him. A faith that says, Jesus, just speak the words and I'll be healed. A faith that says, speak the word and my family will be restored. A faith that says, speak the word into every single circumstance, every single situation. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I pray that there will be a faith that says, speak the word. Speak the word. I feel so strongly in my spirit today that God is going to do some miraculous things through faith today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray right now. Lord, that there are some situations that I'm unaware of. God, that there are some sicknesses that I'm not, a, that I'm not aware of. But there are some things that, that people have brought walking through this door. But I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus that if you have a need today, hallelujah, by faith believing that there is going to be a restoration take place. See, this isn't something that I'm used to. This isn't something that I'm comfortable with. But I feel in faith. And I'm going to take a step that if you have a need need in your body, if you have a need in your body, that there is going to be a marvelous act of faith today, that we are going to do something and we are going to marvel Jesus. We are going to surprise him with our faith today. Amen. Amen. Is there anybody that believes? Is there anybody that believes? Is there anybody that believes that Jesus can heal your body? Is there anybody that believes that if you came in with a need today, we can leave and that thing be gone? If you had a cancer in your body, that we can pray in the name of Jesus and you will be healed. I wish faith would arise in this place. I wish faith would arise in this place. I wish faith would arise in this place. I'm not. I didn't come here to just have a good day and get to my cookout. I came here because I wanted to marvel God. I came here because I wanted to see a miraculous work. I came here today because I feel. I feel like I feel like astonishing God today with my faith. I feel like doing something in faith today that shocks God. I feel like praying for someone today in a way that shocks God. Hallelujah. Is there anybody that feels a faith like that? Is there anybody that feels a faith like that, that I'm not here to just play around? I'm not here to play around, Brother Scott. I'm here to see the miraculous work. That I'm here to see people set free from addictions. That I'm here in the name of Jesus. That you may have walked in with a limp, but you're going to walk out straight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I want you to understand something that I'm not just I'm not just hyper right now. I'm not just hyper, but I've been dealing with this in my spirit all morning. Brother James and I were here early this morning. We were praying, and I was feeling things in the Holy Ghost. That I was feeling that I don't I didn't see faces, that I didn't hear names, that God didn't speak to me in a way. But what he did say to me is that there's gonna be needs today. And there's going to be people coming in with needs that need healing. And God is going to heal their bodies. I wish I could hear a hand clap that I believe, that believed in faith. We're going to see Jesus step into some things today. We're going to see Jesus step into things today. We're going to see Jesus do some things today. There, hallelujah. 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 But I have to be honest with you. This isn't the only time that Jesus was marveled. 
There's two times in Scripture where Jesus marveled. There's two times. This is the first time. He marveled at the great amount of faith. The second time, Sister Hannah, can you put up Mark chapter 6? Mark chapter 6, verse 1, it says, And he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples follow him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him? That even such a mighty works are wrought by his hands. Next verse, please. But is this not the carpenter? Is this not the carpenter? Is this not Mary's son? Is this not the brother of James and Joseph and of Judas and of Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at Jesus. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor. But in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And it says then that he marveled. Oh, God. He marveled because of their unbelief. And he left from there. And went around to other villages teaching. And he went around to the other villages healing. And he went around the other villages performing miracles performing signs performing wonders see this was in his home this was in his hometown these are the people that knew Jesus best that they saw him they knew his family they knew him when he was a boy. They knew him before he, had, he could walk. They were probably there if they had bikes, teaching him how to ride bikes. Because they were familiar with him. Because they were familiar with him. They allowed the Messiah they allowed the one that can change everything. They allowed the one that can heal their bodies. They allowed the one that could change with just a word every single situation. To go and never come back again.
I hope I tell you I hope that I've been communicating this right, but there is two ways that you can marvel God. There is two ways that you can astonish Him. You can astonish Him by great faith, and that's by if you have a need today. I'm gonna make a call that if you have a need today, you can come and get your healing. That you can come and we're gonna call on the name of Jesus. I pray that the elders would come and they would be able to lay hands on you, and we are gonna see sick people healed today. Amen. Amen. That we are going to see life step free today. Amen. But the second way, the second way that you can astonish God is that you can come in every single week, every Sunday, every Wednesday, and you can hear preaching and be a part of anointed worship and anointed preaching, and you can hear the word and never be changed. that you that you could come and you could hear a call and you could have a need and you could walk out the back door never being changed hallelujah I feel like astonishing God I feel like astonishing God with my faith. I feel like doing something that's going to shock God. I feel like getting my healing today. I feel like being restored today. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait.